Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others. Welcome, builders. It's great to have you. A special guest today on our phone call It's Jake Waterhouse. Uh, we're going to be discussing creating and leading international teams. Jake is a chartered mechanical engineer recognized by the UK Engineering Council. In his 26 years in this industry, he has been a project manager, project engineer, international business director, and today Jake is the international sales and technical director for the Compte Expansion Joint Technology, and this is a German-based company. Welcome, Jake. Thanks very much, Brian. Hey, it's so great to have you on the call today. I uh, actually dug back through my records, and I see we met in 2010 at the uh, HRSG, which is a power users group, and we've worked together on numerous projects since then. Uh, back then, from memory, you were starting up your U.S. office for the comp day, and I've seen your U.S. team grow firsthand and have also paid attention that you were simultaneously growing other offices across the globe. As the uh, international UK and USA director, please let our listeners know where you have other offices. So I started our UK office in 2004, um, and then I started an office in Singapore in 2006. Um, between 2006 and 2008, sorry, that we then started a collaboration and office with a joint venture in Mexico and Dubai, and the US office at the end of 2008. Um, we already have European presence. Um, so, although I support those offices, they are already uh, quite independent in the way they operate. So, in Belgium, France, Czech Republic, and Spain, um, we already have offices. Um, and then, I think in 2012, um, our head office opened also a subsidiary in Russia. Um, and um, yeah, we're, we're, we're working at the moment on how to establish our presence in the Middle East. We've had a collaboration in Saudi Arabia for some time, but uh, it fell by the wayside, and we're just now starting a new collaboration there and also for the UAE. Wow, so I'm talking to the right guy when I'm asking about creating and leading international teams. It, you know, it's a continual challenge to try to work on the international stage, and uh, the key lot is the same as if you're having a small business in a small town. It's really just about trying to find the right people and getting the right people into the right roles. Obviously, of course, the challenge is when you do internationally is how you're going to get to meet those people. So, I can tell you, I have traveled a lot, and I don't see a much end to that. You've got to be out there if you want to meet the right people and get things moving. Yeah, without a doubt. So, what kind of challenges do you have? I know, you know, we're going to have time zone differences. We're going to have culture differences. There's different traditions and different cultures. So, so give us some examples, and, and I even have one for you that I remember, you know, when we first started working with you, on our tool list there was the word podger, and our U.S. team didn't know what a podger was. So that's as an example, I just know there's different cultures, different languages. How do, how do you overcome those things, Jake? I think there are, there are two important personal traits first, and I recognize those in you as well, Brian. Um, your own humility and your own enthusiasm and optimism for the challenge. And I 
think you, you have to start with those two things because if you start with those two things, it then opens you and allows you to be uh, respectful of other cultures because for sure, uh, dealing in Japan is completely different um, to dealing in the UK. And in fact, even to say South Korea and Japan are two very different cultures. You know, so even when you start to move around Asia, um, I would go as far as they actually say about the US. You know, when I travel in California uh, or New York or Texas, you know, these people are different. And I think having that humility about uh, how you operate allows you to be more open to accept other cultures. Um, but then, ultimately, it's about your drive and ambition and what your pace of business growing and, and operating because business fundamentally is the same everywhere. So, as long as you are able to listen and adapt to the local culture, the real opportunity to serve a customer and deliver a solution or a product um, exists in every country the same. Man, that's great. I'm hearing, you know, respect of different cultures. Cultures. I'm hearing, you know, the fundamentals of business are the same no matter where you enter. So those are just great tips to, to understand. No matter what we're doing, we got to have a zeal to do it. And, and we also have to have some patience with these different cultures yep. and different ways of doing things. So how politics come into play in some of these challenges? I personally have my own belief, religious-wise and politics-wise. Um, and I do think that it's a, there's a very fine line to tread as well in terms of expressing yourself being yourself and making sure people are aware of what your values are and that they want to deal with you in own business and personally. Um, but at the same time, you know, keeping a separation of the, some of those uh, beliefs and politics away from the business. Um, so I think you know, the way personally you handle those things, I think, is quite key and quite sensitive. The other aspect of political dealing is, of course, being aware of um, trade agreements, export requirements, licensing requirements. We've had quite a challenge in dealing in South America um, that you need to be registered with Petrobras. And even if we're not dealing with Petrobras, the Petrobras license for approval is almost a gateway to the whole of the rest of that market. So another politically driven thing at the end because what they're trying to do there is just protect the local economy and make you invest in a local manufacturer or a local importing. So being aware of the political implications for importing, exporting, uh, registration, uh, same exists in Saudi. They've got a big, big drive at the moment. You know, I mentioned we're looking to try to do more business in Saudi. They've got a drive um, in the next five years to localise production, um, at least of half of all equipment they buy. Well, that's quite a challenging in the environment that we're in. So, um, yeah, trying to trying to politically balance and understand what the, how each market's working, I think is also key. You can do that through research. We've we've been quite fortunate of having good support from the German Chamber of Commerce and from the British government. Obviously, I live in the UK, so uh, and the um, uh, our export culture in the UK has helped us a lot. And we've gained, gained a lot of education, seminars, um, which have given us good, good advice, good tips on uh, how to set things up in different countries. It is, it is country by country. 
Yeah, that definitely I appreciate you uh, reminding us how important it is to keep some of your personal things personal. And I was referring to the latter side of the politics. Now they actually have business and, you know, yep. sometimes terror, sometimes tradition, sometimes policies uh, definitely affect what, what we can and can't do in different cultures and different countries. So that's good. Yep. Challenge with the different entities you're working with, and, and I assume your team members probably know when that downtime is. I've got a bit more discipline than myself, I suppose, as I've matured as well. And um, I, it doesn't worry me now um, to actually take some hours out in the daytime as well. So that Wednesday this week, I actually intend to do a 70 mile bike ride uh, between 6 a.m. and, and uh, 10 a.m. So I'll probably I'll probably work for an hour or two before I go out, and then I'll work uh, you know, later in the evening uh, as well. So I, I find that actually sometimes you just need to hold back your whole work life balance. It's not just about nine to five. Right. Yeah, 
yourself so the balance is not always equal balance, but when you have the time, you need to use the time wisely in, in whatever you're in. So if you're with a family, make the best of it. Yep. If you're working, make the best yep. of it. If you're doing something, yep. have a great that's a, that, that biking is good for your fitness and good for your health. Take that time. Yep. Use that time, time yep. wisely. I think you said about family, that's a really, really important anchor to life and live. The, uh, and when I'm home, you know, that, that one, two weeks, uh, month when I am actually in the UK with the family, you know, I also balance things. So I'll take the kids to school, I'll take the kids up to school, but, but then I'll work in the evening. So yeah, it's just mixing time around to make it more good, and make it more flexible, and make it work better. I think that's what, that's what our modern lives are like now. We are no longer nine survivors. You know, we have email. Um, we have our mobile phones glued to us, so we, we are accessible all the time, and therefore I think taking time to do other things in amongst the daytime period is the case. Yeah, and I know you're a driven person, so to, to find that time and force yourself to use it is, is something that uh, you just got to do, and I know you're probably struggling with that as much as I do, so let's, let's keep working towards doing a better job of that, right? Something else I noticed you were taking some time for, and I think all of us should pay attention to, in some of your posts, you're engaging with your team in some exciting team-building events. I've seen some motorcycles and some four-wheelers, and I've seen you doing some, some bike events with your team members. So those exciting team-building events, why do you believe having fun with your team is important? It, it comes back to this time thing again. I think that we spend so many hours Engaged in our work, um, and we spend so much so much time in stressful environments with our work colleagues. But um, to ensure we have time with them, but in a yeah, a whole different basis, with a whole different fun, no stress. Um, I think it's, it's really really healthy, and it's uh, it breaks down some of those uh, walls and barriers that get built up over time with different colleagues. Um, and I think, from my point of view, I think they get to see the boss in a different way as well. You know, they, they're so used to me being driven and pushing towards results and, and bouncing between projects and challenges and timeframes and, um, that, you know, uh, when they see me it, uh, focused on, uh, on a, a rifle range about just trying to hit a target and then having a joke and a laugh about it, I think, I think it's good. I think it's just something upon the team together and that we, we actually start to view each other in a more human way. Without a doubt, I'm having team building we do. They, they open up and they start having a conversation and dialogue that you just don't see in the office environment. So definitely we right. got to take that time and let our team have a good time. I also, you know, I, I, I love challenges. So I, for me, part of those team days are part of that fun, but part of it is also still that giving that little competition, giving that little challenge, but just in a completely different way. And what's also really fascinating is you see some other people come through and do really well, and that's also really empowering and building for different people in the team. Yeah, that leads right into the question I was about to ask. I know you're an engineer and you're very technical. Both of us are very competitive and results-oriented leaders. How do you separate the data, and again, I'm speaking to myself with this one, from the human side of business? And what I mean by that is that sometimes we have the data that is very convincing. And once we have a conversation with our team members, we can come to a very different conclusion. 
So what do you do to prevent jumping to conclusions strictly from data? That's a really tough question, Ryan. Yeah, I've I've learned something really simple and non-technical, and that is to uh, listen to my own intuition, listen to my own uh, heart and mind. And I'm I am I, I think I'm quite good at listening, but I'm and I'm quite quick at processing. So um, I listen to others, and then I just listen to myself, and I and I and I figure out which is the right thing to do. And you're right, very often that doesn't take data. Um, but that's because data is analogue and, you know, not all the time is analogue. Yeah, without a doubt, that, that listening component, it, in several of my podcasts now, I, I, I've been transparent with the listeners that I struggle with that. And uh, I've learned to take notes. I've actually got some in front of me now from our conversation. It, and, if, and if I don't take notes, I'm listening to respond. I'm not listening to understand. And, and I want to make that a, a challenge for myself and for those that struggle with that as well. We need to listen to understand. We're having a conversation that should be a two-way street, and I need to understand your perspective. So that it's great that the analog side of that, you know, we're humans. All of us are. We all have complications, trials. We all have ambition uh, and, and to consider each other. And you know what? We're going to have to slow down sometimes to, to bring the other person along. And I, I've been watching you do that from a distance, Jake. And uh, the reason I invited you on this podcast today because I've seen just this American team grow. And i got to assume that these other international teams are doing well, too. So kudos to you. Whatever else you know you're doing that you want to tell our listeners today, I'm, I'm all ears. I think thanks, thanks for Brian. You know, there's, there's only one thing at the core, isn't there, and that is to work with sincerity and work hard, and and uh, then it's hard to work out. And I, I I deal with my customers the same way like I do with my team. And it's funny that you come across plenty of people in life who try to overcomplicate it. They try to act like you're you know, going um, around things rather than straight at things. But you know, you have got to you've got to just try and put that put those views to one side and keep people the same track that you're on. And I'm I'm on a track to be straightforward because we try and do a good job and work hard and I want my team to be recognised and rewarded for the contribution they're making. So yeah, we're on a we're we're definitely on a good track and I'm I'm really happy with the progress we're making. Of course I would want more, I would want to achieve more and I and I'm sure we're gonna continue to grow. Yeah, and you're on a, on a path of continuous improvement and, and goal-oriented. So if you work that way, things would just stop. So I appreciate that. Well, listen, Jake, how can the uh, listeners, I'm, I'm assuming probably LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of you? Absolutely, yeah. I think my LinkedIn profile on, on LinkedIn quite, quite often. So, yeah, darling, darling, through that, no problem. The spelling of his name will be in the description of the podcast. So, listen, today I wanted to bring Jake along. He's got great experience building international teams and then and then keeping them together, doing the team building events to, to grow these teams. Uh, appreciate his time today. I want you to remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.